0: from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
1: One week after a game that will be remembered for generations, the toppling of number one Clemson in a dope double overtime thriller, students rushing the field in celebration, During a pandemic, no less. And Notre Dame's first win over the number one ranked team in the country in 27 years. Notre Dame now ranked second in the country in the driver's seat to reach the ACC championship game. One week after all that, the Irish have to play Boston College today. And we all know what that, well, what history has shown that could mean. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by Kevin Downey. Kevin, Notre Dame now 7-0 on the road at Boston College. 3.30 kickoff this afternoon on ABC. I don't even know where to begin other than what a win over Clemson. And now you got to recharge, be ready to go
2: for BC today. But unbelievable last week, that game. Oh, it was so great. It was, you know, whole team effort. Obviously, the offense and defense and book, you know, taking over the game. And again, uh... Williams the running back he just dominated. it was a team effort it was awesome you know <laughs> every mean, even some role players had major roles so I mean it was great yeah one of those guys would be Javon <laughs> McKinley we
1: will talk about that my Mia culpa coming up later in the show of course I Knew I was going to eat my words as soon as I said it, but I stick, I am a man of my word and I stick with it, so uh, yeah, we'll have that at the end of the first segment. Uh, on tap on this morning's show our spotlight interviews with former Boston College All-American Mark Herzlick. Many may remember he battled cancer while a BC player. He was friended by Sister Barbara Ann Hallman of the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration in Mishawaka. They've had a friendship over a decade now. Sister Barbara Ann passed away in February. Mark talks about their relationship. Relationship and how it helped him in his fight with cancer. Really inspiring story back then, and it's great to revisit it with Mark now. Next segment, we'll talk a lot about the quarterback on the other side of the ball. Former Irish signal caller Phil Jakovic. Hear what he has to say about thinking about maybe switching positions at Notre Dame just to get on the field instead of transferring. Later this segment, uh, again, I'll have that Mia culpa with Javon McKinley. But let, let's start with the obvious, avoiding the letdown today. Um Last time Notre Dame defeated the number one team in the country, everyone knows this, it was 93. The Irish took down Florida State. A week later, they take on Boston College. They lose. And yeah. that cost Notre Dame the national championship. So last week, Notre Dame beats number one. And of course, the opponent happens to be Boston College. I mean, when this new schedule came out, everyone like looking at it like, nah, I mean, come on. I mean, is that really, they're going to play Boston College the week after Clemson? Is it pop? and like it but You said it
2: early. You said early I you did, thought that'd be a trap game.
1: I mean it's crazy the eerie situation. And Boston College is good enough or yeah. has the ability. They'd show that against Clemson two weeks ago. They, they
2: played g- very well against Clemson, yeah.
1: So how do you avoid the letdown today?
2: I, I I think they just got to really focus. In order focus on um, them, a lot of self scouting, what we do well, but as coaches always do, you can find out where you can improve and focus on those areas. Um, And I I mean, I do. I think the internal focus is the big key. I emotionally, all that stuff, you're going to be a little bit (laughs) let down. However, um, you know they're they're in a position that they haven't been in in a long time. Well, I mean, that emotional aspect. You know, Brian Kelly, uh,
1: I guess I'll give him credit. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give him credit anyway. He beat Clemson. So he gets credit for that first win over a top five team in Brian Kelly's uh, coaching career at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely giving him credit for that. But last week, I made fun of him on the show for that quote about we can't empty the tank against Clemson. We can't empty the tank emotionally because then we have B.C. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Just be-? Now I know what he's talking about because I don't think fans have emotionally recharged yet. So I can't <laughs> imagine the players uh, and physically recharged. That yeah. was a hard-hitting game. Oh. You mentioned Kyron Williams. I mean, he got to be beat up. Yeah. I mean.
2: Uh, the, yeah, double overtime, physical game. I mean, he, all sides of the ball. He was, was, was <laughs>
1: blocking guys more than he was taking carries and ripping people to shreds. And then you got, I mean. What a game. But uh, so physically and emotionally, I think I think it's understandable that you might not be able to bring the same level this week. Let me ask you a question. I, I know it's a different level. Mm-hmm. But were you, you're coaching at St. Joe. We know the big games, the Holy War. Mm-hmm. You play Marion. The next week, was there an issue sometimes?
2: I think it's just human nature to have a little bit of a letdown. To be honest, I mean, that's where, again, as a coach, I would try to focus us back on us and, and really um, almost take the, the face of the opponent off of it.
1: All right. I asked Liam Eichenberg if he knew about what happened in 93. He said he didn't. I don't know if I believe him. Certainly possibly didn't. I would figure with social media, probably someone mentioned to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nevertheless. So on Thursday, Brian Kelly was asked, do you bring up 93 team to your team as evidence of what can happen? As he's being asked by loose emoji, blue and gold, Brian Kelly puts his hands in his face and leans back in his chair like, oh, I can't believe I got to answer this question. You know, he didn't say those words. I assume that's what he's thinking. I don't even know. But anyway, here's ultimately how he answered that question.
3: More about, you know, uh, where your mind is at and, and who you're playing. Like if we were playing a JV team, uh, it, it wouldn't matter. You know, that BC team that Notre Dame played, I think it was a nationally ranked team. It was a really good football team. And this is a really good football team you're playing. So it matters who you're playing. Um, we're playing them in their red bandana game, which is their, their most sacred game, if you will. Um, and, and, and there, there's, there's certainly, uh, there's a lot to, you know, the BC Notre Dame game. So um you know, we talk about much more in terms of um, how we're preparing for a team that is uh, a really good football team. And, and certainly that you're the number two team in the country, you have a target on your back. Um, and that's really much more relevant than the historical significance of the game. Uh, and, and if they understand that, then you're going to get the preparation that you need, so you're prepared to play at the level you need to play
1: at. As Brian Kelly talking about, uh, you know, not he didn't answer the question by the way, whether or not he brought up 93, but I'm assuming not. Based I would say on, not <laughs> based on that. But I, I wouldn't blame him if he did. Is just as an example of yeah. guys, this, this actually
2: is, happened in the past.
1: You know, the last t- time we had a chance to, the last time we had a national championship in our hands, we blew it because
2: as a program. Now, it's not on you guys. It's just a right. reminder. Well, of, it's a long time ago too. Maybe that's his point. These I, guys I mean, you, I mean, I was a freshman in college. I'm 46 years old now, so uh, <laughs> it was definitely a long gotta time ago. You got to go back. You got that. Uh, by the way, he mentioned the red
1: bandana game. Um uh, do you you know about that game? I don't. No. It, it's YouTube it th- today. Um it, a fabulous story, Boston College alum, 911, a red bandana. I mean, you will be moved to tears. It is an unbelievable story. Uh, Tom Rinaldi did it, so you know it's going to be emotional. Um, it, it's a great story, and they always, they do. This is an important one. They're going to wear alternate jerseys. They're going to wear white uh, uniforms with red. So I wouldn't be surprised if either Notre Dame's either wearing home jerseys or they're busting out the green today. I don't know. Uh, It'll be interesting to see because Notre Dame can't wear the road white because BC is going to be in white. So we'll see what Notre Dame does. I haven't seen anything to leak out. So um, I don't. In a game, huh? Yeah. So it's a really cool story. So, um, all right. That's what Brian Kelly had to say. He mentions BC is good enough. In in a way, I almost feel like hopefully this is enough to remind the players of what they got to do. But I just don't know. I'm just worried that you're, like, still, you're just emotionally not ready. And it's it's
2: really going to be that first quarter. Yeah. I think that dictates a lot, right? If, if you come out slow. Well, and there have been some games where they have come out slow right this year. <laughs> but you're following what could have been a defining, you know, moment for your team. Obviously, with that huge win last week, um, you should gain some confidence, too. Maybe they just oh, come yeah. out and roll first well, quarter. And that might be the case. Uh, um, let's talk about that defining
1: win. I mean, this is huge. Uh, I mean, first win over a top five team in the Brian Kelly era. Irish now in the driver's seat to get to the ACC championship. They get the bye after this week. Then they play North Carolina. North Carolina, maybe not as good as people said they were in the very beginning beginning. of being a top five team. They're still a pretty good team. They got a really good Mm -hmm. offense. They got a lot of good weapons. So that won't be easy in two weeks. After that, Syracuse is a joke. Um, my alma mater, terrible. <laughs> now they played Boston College.
2: Uh, yeah, right. Now, that, that's the that's, problem with people versus people, and that's, that's this year. That, man. the matchups are hard to that's figure why, out. I mean, Boston College. I take a maybe step they had out. their hangover game.
1: Those the week yeah. after Clemson. Who knows? Right, sixteen uh, thirteen. Only being Syracuse. That's <laughs> you Ugh. should. They should lose by seventy to Notre Dame based on that performance from last week. And then Wake Forest at the end of the regular season. Wake Forest is good. Maybe surprising people a little bit right now, a little bit better than people anticipated. But for the most part, I mean, they're clearly in the driver's seat to get to the ACC Championship game. Yep. And now, for the first time, you cannot say, well, Notre Dame can't win the big game.
2: It's no. over. No, they no, they, they it won, won the big game. Now, <laughs> in dramatic fashion, you better. Against a good team, great team. And you got up against the wall.
1: Like you had. It was a repeat for Clemson. It was a repeat of the Boston College game. Down most of the game, yep. came back, and everyone there was like, "Ah, all right, it's over." You know, every Clemson won this game. Ian Book gets gets the ball back and leads them down to a game tying touchdown, and then they win it in overtime. I mean, what Ian Book did, he cemented his legacy. Oh yeah,
2: on that drive. Well, you know, I'm an Ian Book fan. <laughs> if if you just look, he wins. The guy wins, and he does make critical plays. And I'm I'm just happy for him because he got to make it in front of the whole nation. You know, I he, mean that propelled him. I, absolutely.
1: You know what? You did say last week you expected him to have a, a really good game, and he needed to have the best game of his career. I don't know if it was the best game of his career, but that drive yeah. was the best performance. And and it comes right after. He fumbles the ball yeah. at at the five yard line. I got people tweeting at me, bench him. I'm like, who do you want to <laughs> put in the game? What are you talking about? Now, granted, I said Javon McKinley is not going to do it, but <laughs> who do you want to put in the game? Like, are you, they're like anybody. I'm yeah, like, are no. you joking right now? <laughs> I love Twitter. Um, so anyway, where are we got to go here? Oh, they gotta we gotta talk about. The excitement of last week, Ian Buck, Kyron Williams, Adi Ogan, DJ, on how special last Saturday was.
4: Uh, this team just does never give up, and that's what you could—that's what I could feel the whole entire time. You know, no matter when the offense had to go out there and and get it done, we were able to do that tonight. And it took the whole team, and uh, it was just a really fun game, and it's something we're going to remember
2: forever.
3: I mean, that's the first time ever I've ever seen any college, high school, or anybody storm the field. So. That was a cool experience for me. I have like everybody rushing down the last second to get on the field.
2: There's so many people coming out and running past me. And uh, it was just a crazy experience. You know, it's a blessing. You know, those those are things that you'll never forget. You know, those are memories that I will always have throughout my lifetime. So I'm glad I got to do it with this group of guys and with this brotherhood.
1: All right. I won't waste 30 minutes talking about whether or not they should have rushed the field or not. Uh, I, I understand why they did. And Mm -hmm. that's what I said on social media. Uh, These kids are cooped up. They're college kids. That's the greatest moment of their college career. I mean, to celebrate after all that. So that's why I understood why they did it. As of right now, from what we know, there has been no COVID issue outbreak on the team from the first line of testing Sunday and Tuesday. They did test on Thursday and Friday. We don't know the results of that. Well, We'll hear probably around one thirty or two o'clock mm-hmm. if they have anyone from their depth chart. But as of the the first two tests of the week, they had no issues, which is a great sign. Uh, but again, you know they say five, sometimes five, six days before you start getting it. So we'll see if any frontline guys are out um later on this afternoon hopefully that is not the case um but that w- that would certainly be a big factor uh, and that was ian book kyron williams and Ade Ogan dj by the way kyron said i've never seen anyone rush to feel is he i mean in person like i think you're living it i'm <laughs> like yeah i mean i'm like i would imagine at some point you saw it uh on tv or something uh we we mentioned ian book fumbling at the goal line people said no. Ah, it's a, you know, he can't do it. Leads the Irish on a huge drive to tie it up, including the touchdown pass to Avery Davis. Here is Avery Davis and Liam Eichenberg on seeing Ian Book's success through all the criticism. Let's hear from Avery first, who, a reminder, used to be a quarterback himself, on what it means to see Ian lead the Irish on a drive like
0: that. So amazing. I know from playing high school, not a, a smidge of the hate and the criticism that, that the quarterback position gets, but he handles it so greatly. And just to see him go out there and perform like that it was, I mean, it was just amazing was Just to experience that. It's a, this is a game that's literally going to live on forever. It's, we just made history. So I'm super proud of him, I'm super proud of this team.
4: <laughs> There's a lot of people who doubt Book, you know, and, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's not great to see, I guess you could say, because, you know, for me, you know, I, I played with him for, this our sort of fifth year now, fifth season. And, uh, you know, it just sucks because, you know, I, I see how hard he works every single day. You know, and in the offseason, you know, in the film room, on the field, in the weight room, you know, the amount of time he's dedicated and sacrificed, you know, to help this football team win. And, you know, for us to take the next next step in the right direction, you know, and um, I mean, I I think he's the best quarterback in the country. I mean, I'll say that every single day. Um, And I mean, I think he's the best leader on our team.
1: All right. I'm not going to go as far as say he's the best quarterback in the country because the best quarterback in the country plays. That might have been different last week. And let's not forget, Trevor Lawrence did not play in that game. Although, Uyangale was Was really good. Really good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't want to play him in the next couple of years, but uh, he was really good as a freshman. But Trevor Lawrence, you said, I
2: don't know if he would have been a two-touchdown difference. You you think Notre Dame played way better than uh, I anticipated? I don't know. I... I, could have been different, we, but um well we their may f- could have matched it. I don't we know. may find out in the ACC championship. Yeah, game. <laughs> That's true. The most
1: likely scenario would be those two teams playing as long as they take care of business the, the rest of rest of the way. All right. Um I think it's a mea Culpa time. So let's just play it. Um last week, here's what I said about Javon McKinley. I'm just going to say one thing. You mentioned McKinley and throwing it up and hope he catches it. (laughs) I hope I have to play the soundbite back next week because this one will probably come back to bite me. Um, And it'll be good for Notre Dame if it does. I don't see Javon McKinley making much of a difference (laughs) today. All right. So if he catches nine balls and has 150 yards and two touchdowns, I will play this back next week. Well, we played it back for you. Five catches, 102 yards. He didn't have the nine catches for 150, but um, he also wasn't involved at overtime. He got uh, it was mm-hmm. in concussion protocol um, because because of that. So he might have, you know, that Avery Davis, th- those plays in overtime maybe would have went to him. Who knows what would have happened? Um,
2: but yeah, he stepped up. Best game of his career by yeah, far. Oh, yeah. I mean. Kudos. It, yeah. Kudos. And you you played your playback, but I also baited you and said if that's the game plan, we'd be in a little trouble. Because you do. You just hold your breath when the f- ball's thrown to him. But, hey. He did it now. So now you have that confidence. Maybe it's a whole different deal. Now he
1: is expected to play today. It sounded like he progressed really well. I would be stunned if he doesn't based on the way Brian Kelly talked on Thursday, which is good because they need him, obviously. Um, and then Breeden Lindsay is uh, still out this mm-hmm. week, uh, but they sound like he's going to be good to go for North Carolina. So that's that's good on that, uh, on that front. Uh, Kyron Williams, we mentioned him a little bit at the beginning. But I don't know if I was more impressed by his rushing or his protection of Ian Book. I mean. Oh, yeah.
2: It, his pass protection was phenomenal.
1: I mean, unbelievable what he was doing out there. I, I have to say, we talk about most impactful player on the team. Kyron Williams might be the MVP of this team right now. Usually, I don't want to say that for a running back with an offensive line like that. Mm-hmm. But he may be because they didn't have. We didn't. We didn't think they had anything at running back. Yeah. And this guy's not
2: just following the offensive line. He's getting the job done. He's really, really good. Well, he does it. Yeah. Running the ball, blocking, uh, catching. You know, it was a close game um, between uh, Boston College and Clemson. And Etienne took that game over. So maybe Williams can take that game over again uh, today. Well, we'll talk about Travis Etienne in the next, next segment. But, you know.
1: Dude averaged 1.6 yards per carry. Who saw that coming? What a job by the Notre Dame defense, and that's that's coming up next se- segment. We're going to switch sides of the ball. We're going to talk about Notre Dame's defense versus the Boston College offense. We're going to talk about Notre Dame's defense versus last week. We'll talk about facing Phil Dracovic as well, but want to let you know that Notre Dame Federal Credit Union is the largest Catholic credit union in the United States. Notre Dame FCU has served over 800 Catholic entities in over 25 dioceses nationwide. These include colleges, parishes, schools, food. Food pantries, homeless shelters, and Catholic radio stations, including Redeemer Radio. Member-owned, not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You're a share values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. 920 here on Redeemer Radio. I'm Angel DiCarlo alongside Kevin Downey. We'll take a timeout. We'll switch sides of the ball, talk about the Notre Dame defense, and facing Phil Jakovic today. Back after this on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame and Boston College set to kick off at 3.30 this afternoon on ABC. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here. Some sad news to pass along this week. 1956 Notre Dame Heisman winner Paul Horning has passed away at the age of 84 after a battle with dementia. Horning was a two-time All-American for Notre Dame. How good was he in 1956? Well, Notre Dame was just 2-8 and he won the Heisman. Uh, only player in the history of the Heisman to win it while playing for a losing team, the Golden Boy Paul Horning, dead at the age of 84. May he rest in peace. Uh, shame to see a guy like that go. Uh, you know, just a, a legend. Obviously, had a great career with the Packers a, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned it to you before. The I, I've had the luxury of interviewing so many. Heisman Trophy winners because of the College Football Hall of Fame, being mm-hmm. in town, the connections with Notre Dame. Um, I interviewed every living Notre Dame Heisman Trophy winner during my days at WNDU. Horning, somehow, I did not. Um, so I have no real backstory or stories to share of him. I just know people thought he was a really funny guy is the one thing yeah. I always always heard. So um, A tough loss for the Notre Dame family with Paul Horning's passing. Um, Alright, Paul, Paul Horning, a guy that could get it done in the backfield in every way possible as as a quarterback running the ball. And a guy who is projected to be that type of player as a quarterback for Notre Dame was Phil Djokovic. Yeah, um, big recruit. Big recruit, uh, dual threat guy. And it didn't work out at Notre Dame. Um, maybe it would have if he stuck it out. I think we're seeing this year um, at Boston College now. He is playing some good football. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided to transfer when Ian Book decided to return for a fifth season. But, Kevin, I think – you and I will be the first to say when we see him playing, we're like, that is not the guy we saw, whether it was the blue goal game <laughs> or practice
2: over the last couple of years. I mean, he is playing at a much different level. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I think this now this new age of transfer, like it gave him a, a whole fresh new life. I don't know if he. Again, he has the talent. He can throw, you know, the deep ball really well. Um, he's a big guy, so maybe he he. You said dual threat. He doesn't look like he's gaining a lot of uh, ground when he's when he's running, but he is. Um, but you know, maybe it's something to do with confidence. Like he got a fresh start. The, the whole transfer things a, a, kind of a new game. I mean, people are moving all around, especially quarterbacks. Well, confidence for him. I, I mean, I interviewed him after the Blue goal game
1: where he was terrible. And yes. he looked like he was gonna cry. Um, literally, he was so mad at himself and so disappointed in himself. Yeah, like there was no—I mean, th- that was gonna be a rebuilding process. Um, and I don't know if they ever got him back. And we saw that. Well, yeah. you know, we go down to Culver Academies for practice, start a camp last year, mm-hmm. and he's throwing side—he's throwing sidearm, then not throwing sidearm, and. He wasn't looking good. You see, no. he throws the deep ball. He wasn't throwing the deep ball well that day.
2: <laughs> no, he wasn't throwing anything well that day. I mean. But, I, I, yeah. And then, uh, again, to Kyle watch Hamilton,
1: it. Kyle Hamilton picking him off. He still does
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton still stands out. But, yeah, I, I think it a uh, whole fresh start for him is amazing. Like, it, it's impressive to see uh, how well he's playing. 260 yards per game, 15 touchdowns, only four interceptions,
1: completing 62% of his passes. So, good to see Phil Dracovic doing well for the Boston College Eagles. I mean, he wasn't supposed to play Notre Dame this year. One, he had to get the waiver, yeah. which obviously he must have known he was getting, and then, which everyone's getting. Um, and then, two... They weren't supposed to play Notre Dame. This is a game that was added to the schedule uh-huh. because of the reshuffling. The so it's crazy to have this scenario. Here's what Jokovic had to say this week about going up against some of his best friends on Saturday.
4: Yeah, we've been talking throughout the year, um, especially the guys in my class. We've, we're still pretty tight. And um, this week, though, we haven't talked too much. Uh, I know they, they want to beat me badly, and and same with me. So, uh we're not friends out in the field, but, you know, I've got good relationships with a lot of those guys.
2: How difficult was it to actually just bring yourself to the decision, to be like, all right, well, this is not working out, and I really have to make a decision because it's not just, it's, it's changing schools, changing locations, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. more, you know, how, how was it to just be like, all right, this is it, I'm going to make the leap, you know?
4: Yeah, it was tough. I'll, I'll say that because Notre Dame, it was my dream school growing up. Um, there's a lot of great things about Notre Dame. Uh, the school, just how much they win, the, the culture of it, the, the players, there's a lot of good, uh, good people there. There really is. But um, for me, I was, football was really changing for me. I was, I was debating about switching positions because I, I don't think I could have done another year um, just sitting on the bench. I had to go play somewhere. I was really, really down. I was, uh, I was basically on the brink of uh not playing quarterback and so at that point I was, I was just uh, talking to my family they're like you have to go somewhere to play
1: it's Phil Dracovic. Uh, he was he was asked afterwards uh well what position would you have played and he goes I got no idea and Brian Kelly was asked this week did you guys ever talk about this and he said he said he didn't um, so it's interesting though to, it to bring that up because it shows you the competitor in him that he just had to he had to do it feel like he had a chance to. well i mean here's a guy who probably has never not played right right you know what i mean and that happens sometimes you get these kids that sometimes they and quarterbacks that unique position where sometimes you do have to wait a lot longer than everybody else yeah
2: and again the transfer ended up being great for him yeah no question probably Uh, playing better than ever
1: uh here's uh dracovic no question has a lot of respect from his former notre dame teammates here's what adi Ogan Dejay and shane simon had to say
2: you know, Phil was a great teammate. He was he was cool, you know, a little funny guy. But, you know, he, he's a great guy. Uh, watching him off film, he can make every throw. Um, he's a big guy. He can uh, throw on the run. He can do a lot of different things, and he's a playmaker out there. So it's going to be an exciting challenge for us, and, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it, and I'm hyped for it. Phil's my guy. Like he's, uh, We still talk to
4: him uh, pretty frequently. He's uh, he's part, he was part of our class, so uh, we all stay pretty close. So, yeah, Phil's definitely, we're, we're all still... Still cool and, and hoping, look, looking forward to play against him. And he's a gunslinger. Phil Phil loves a deep ball. He he's trying to make plays and, and he's, a, he's a big body quarterback, so he can try to escape out of the pocket and uh, be creative. Phil has athletic ability and he plays basketball, so um, he's obviously obviously athletic and he's gonna make plays. So that's that's what we see most of that, out of him. He's a he's a baller and he's what gotta go get him.
1: That was Ogan Dejay and then Shane Simon. Let me ask you this question: um, Is it? Help Notre Dame facing Phil Dracovic. Obviously, he is going to be ready to go. I mean, he's going to be through the roof. But yeah. coming off this clumps game, does it help? Because they're like, okay, here's our buddy over
2: there. He left us. We can't lose to this guy. We know what it takes. Does it help him in a way you think? Yeah, that- it has to be some motivation. Plus, I mean, uh, just in general, Notre Dame-Boston College, two Catholic schools meeting up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you, I don't you're know. not buying that one? <laughs> I, buy it for, I buy it from the Boston College side. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I buy it from the Notre Dame side right now. You know right. what I mean? That,
1: that's all. Uh, let me ask you one other question about Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Impact on the playbook. You more worried You more worried about what he knows about the offense that he could tell the defense, or are you more worried about what he knows about the defense to pick apart Clark Lee's defense? Uh, and how much do they got to switch things up because of that?
2: I think... Uh, they weren't expecting to play him. Correct. I mean, he, he knows their defense well. He, practice against it, Um, but I mean, Clark Lee's good. He's yeah. going to mix them. He's not going to get out-X uh, and o out-thought by uh, Jakovic. And, <laughs> and Clark Lee was
1: the runner-up to be the head coach of Boston College. Well, that's fascinating back
2: So, in, in that,
1: <laughs> you know he's – I'm glad he's here. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, that's an important one. Uh, Notre Dame defense shutting down Travis Etienne, 18 carries, 28 yards. Jeremiah owusu fumble return for a touchdown. The defense was
2: fantastic in this game.
1: Yeah, the whole game. Um,
2: and again, they have some depth. I mean, different players stepped up at different times.
1: All right, uh, we don't really have time for the soundbite, but we're going to play it anyway because it's a b- good one. Uh, what's the big reason why the Irish defense has had great success? Linebacker Drew White says it's letting loose out there, man.
5: The big plays come, um, at, you know, in my, in my opinion, from being fearless. It's not being scared to, to miss. It's, it's um, you know, I think. Coach Reese gave this analogy a while back, but it's, um, you know, big time players shoot, you know, when the game's online um, that, you know, they're putting the ball up. So on defense, our playmakers, um, you know, we want everybody to be playmakers. So it's, it's having no fear, you know, of fearless guys flying around, not overthinking anything and playing to their ability. And, you know, one example would be woo when he on his touchdown, I mean, um, came back that drive and shot full speed um, and blew up the play. And, you know, him just being a playmaker, it ends up um, resulting in him scoring a touchdown. So that's what it is. It's it's guys playing fearlessly, um, not being afraid
2: to make a mistake um, when they're out in the field. Yeah, I mean, really, I think that makes a lot of sense. For sure. the The big thing that, again, I go back to is that, Lots of people are making plays. That's why they're playing great team defense right now.
1: Absolutely. Big thank you to Tyrac for all their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joe and Marion High Schools here in Michiana. The students receiving practical college-level internship experience, helping out with our broadcast of high school football, wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac.com. Coming up, one of Notre Dame's biggest fans ever. A nun from Mishawaka, Sister Barbara Ann Hallman. She passed away in February. Perhaps no one can better tell her story than former Boston College All American Mark Herzlick. He reflects on their relationship with a Notre Dame loving nun. Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays, back after this with that story.
6: What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not for profit, member owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services to save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
1: High school football has reached the Final Four. Congratulations to Marion in 3A, Lures and 2A on winning regional championships last night. Unfortunately for Dwenger, they saw their season come to an end. Postseason coverage continues on both 95.7 and 106.3 Friday night. In Fort Wayne, our 106.3 crew will broadcast Lures hosting Pioneer in the 2A semi-state here in Michiana. We'll broadcast Marion hosting Chittard in the 3A semi-state and high school girls basketball Underway, the Holy War is Thursday night. Hear Marion hosting St. Joe on 95.7 or watch the game on facebook.com slash 95.7 sports. All right, in February, one of Notre Dame's biggest fans passed away. She just so happened to be a nun from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration in Mishawaka. Sister Barbara Ann Hallman loved the Irish, but in 2009, she made an unlikely fan, friend. Then Boston College All-American Mark Herzlick was diagnosed with cancer. Many reached out, but a letter from a nun in Indiana stuck out to Mark's family. The two became close friends, and Mark grew up, grew in his faith, and was helped in his fight with cancer because of it. He says they remained close, and when Sister Barbara Ann was nearing the end, she she said she wanted to talk to Mark one last time, and they ju- and they did just a day or two before she passed away. I wanted to talk to Mark too about their incredible relationship. Here's my conversation with AC Network analyst and former Boston College All-American. Mark Herzlick. Okay, Mark, Notre Dame-Boston College always uh, brings up special memories of the rivalry, and uh, obviously we know about 93, and and you had some battles with them, but it also, for me, brings up memories of uh, your relationship with Sister Barbara Ann Hallman here from St. Francis Sisters of uh, Perpetual Adoration in Mishawaka. If you could take us back to when you first got diagnosed with cancer, and then all of a sudden You get a letter from a nun in South Bend. What was your first reaction
0: when you got that? Well, it's funny because, you know, I was receiving a lot of letters at the time. um, And so my mom would kind of go through all the letters and then uh, kind of just bring the ones that um, were encouraging rather than discouraging, because, you know, I found out that um, people just want to share their story regardless of the outcome at the end of it. And um you know, it was, uh, I, I remember seeing the letter for the first time and just being stunned by the handwriting. I mean, you know, there. I think there's something to be said about, um, you know, the, the intention uh, that gets put into really that generation of working on your penmanship and your script. And, and I mean, just a beautifully written visual note. Uh, and then, you know, when I read it, it was just, hey, look, Mark. Uh, You know, I heard your story and I'm praying for you. Um, and you know, I know you don't know me, but you know, I battled through cancer too. And just want to let you know that we have a whole convent of, of nuns praying for you in the shadows of the golden dome in South Bend, Indiana. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And honestly, I was like, that's neat. Um, and kind of forgot about it, but then I got more notes and more letters and, and she would write me. Really like once a week, maybe once every two weeks and just, hey, I'm looking out my window and saw, you know, it's springtime. I saw this deer outside my window and it was cool. It just brought like a little bit of uh, a light and a reprieve from, you know, my daily battle with cancer uh, from her letters.
1: That relationship continued to grow. You, You got to meet her here when when Boston College was facing Notre Dame. Obviously, in 2009, you were unable to play, but you got to meet her and then when you got to play, return to the field and play your first game, you guys were, you guys made sure to have her in attendance there as well. Take us through the growth of the relationship and what it was like that first time you met her, and then ultimately having her back at your first, having her at your first game back.
0: Yeah, you know, basically, as I said, it kind of started with letters. Uh, It started with this kind of bond, and then my mom started writing back to her, and I I would write a little bit in the note as well, and and so, it created this kind of pen pal relationship, um, and and you know, it was funny you know, as, as the season kind of, you know, I was diagnosed in May, and then really we go the entire summer and get notes and letters from her, um, and then you know as the season starts getting underway and we're playing Notre Dame out there, uh, a, a, a piece on ESPN had been produced where where the producer went out and and captured video of her, and so I had seen her on video and she had seen me on video, but we never met in person or even spoken on the phone. And so they set it up um, where, you know, my athletic director uh, was absolutely fantastic, Gene D'Filippo, and he, he kind of organized it and, and set up this, uh, this meeting. Um, and we were able to meet uh, kind of underneath the stadium in, in one of the back, you know, utility rooms and just spend a little time with her. And I remember uh, she was she was walking with a cane, just really wasn't walking very well at all. She told me that she you know, she gave her her cane to someone else, uh, and she wanted to walk down the corridor to meet me because she said, "Look, if Mark can can do it, and he can walk and beat fight through cancer, like I can walk to see him without the cane." And she did it, and it, I mean, it just was like, you know, talk about blessings from God. I mean, that's it was it was really cool to see, and so. Um, you know, we met there, we met, we, we, we embraced, hugged each other and just, you know, I thanked her for all her support. And then, you know, we continued our relationship and, you know, the next year, September 4th, uh, 2010, it was my first game back and Gene Filippo again, he said, look, if, if you're coming back and you're playing like sister Barbara Ann is going to be there. So they flew her out and, and brought her to the game and, you know, down on the sidelines before the game tailgated with my parents afterwards and (laughs) it was this little old nun from from indiana up in boston and she uh she definitely knew her football too because she was commenting on the game and everything so just absolutely fantastic lady
1: Mark Herzlick from the ACC Network, former Boston College All-American linebacker, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as we reflect back on his relationship with Sister Barbara Ann Hallman of the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration in in Mishawaka. Mark, you're, you're not Catholic, you're Christian, but I'm curious if your faith grew in part because of this relationship with Sister Barbara Ann.
0: Well, it did. And, and so, you know, I, I don't, wouldn't even have considered myself a Christian really until I was diagnosed. You know, I'd gone to Sunday school and everything, but uh, just didn't, I guess, I didn't understand my relationship with my faith. And so uh, I was encouraged to, to pray you know, by other people just when I was diagnosed. But then, you know, she started talking to me about this power of prayer and prayer and numbers and, and you know, this idea that when two people are praying, you know, when more than one person are praying together, God's listening. And so this idea that, you know, she has this powerhouse of faith coming from the convent uh, in Indiana that they're praying for me all the time. And the fact that like I started getting better too, right? Like, yeah, there was medicine. Yeah, there was doctors, all that stuff. But uh, I, my spirits would get lifted. I mean, I just, I wasn't as, you know, uh, discouraged about the process. And, and a lot of it had to do with my, uh, I guess experimental prayer um, and then that led to this idea of like wow okay I need to I need to figure out a little bit more about this thing because it's working and it's pretty powerful and she definitely was a, a big part of that
1: no question that's uh fantastic to hear that re- that reflection of how she helped you in your growth but I am curious did you ever try to convince her to be more of a BC fan than a Notre Dame fan along this process over these years <laughs>
0: no i didn't have to I she, <laughs> I, I she she was uh notre dame through and through i think uh where she r- was residing where she lived or, i mean just she was all notre dame but she said yo i may root for notre dame but you're my football guy she used to call me her football guy and so uh i think it was really cool and then, i think the interesting part too just about the relationship is after you know college game day put the piece out uh that featured her and, and you know we kept you know talking doing interviews, and, and, I would hear of other people who were, you know, sick. It, I would kind of refer them to her. And so she had, you know, kind of oh, developed wow. in the years following, you know, this kind of all these different people who had been diagnosed with cancer, who she was, she was praying for you know, on a daily basis. And um, I think, you know, just from talking to her in, in the years after, it gave her a lot of purpose in that sense of, of, look, you know, I can, I can really use my ministry throughout the entire country in this uh, cancer realm. You
1: know, I have to be honest, last year when when uh, Notre Dame played Boston College, I, I realized right after it, I go, why didn't I try to get Mark and Sister Barbara Ann together? And that's one of my big regrets now, especially uh, with her passing away in, in February. I was hoping this interview would be kind of a, a reuniting on the air with you guys. When you heard the news that, that she had passed away, I know you got a chance to talk to her just before, just how difficult was that because of how how important she was in your life, Mark?
0: Yeah, it was sad. I got a call um, this past February from her sister, um, and uh, she told me that you know sister Barbara Ann was not you know she wasn't doing well. She was kind of coming close to to the end, and that she wanted to speak to me. Um, and you know, it had been probably two or three years since we had spoken, um, and so. I jumped on a call um, and kind of called the convent um, and, you know, got through to her and, you know, she, she couldn't speak very much. Um, but, you know, she did, she was able to, to let me know that, you know, she cared about me and she loved me. And I, uh, you know, I said the same thing to her. I said, look, I love you. Thank you so much for everything you've done in my life and, and the lives of, of you know, other people around this entire world. Um, and I said, you know, I think that, uh, God would be very pleased with, you know, this portion of your life and the best portion of your life is yet to come. So, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was sad. Um, but also when you have a person like that, um, who is you know, that warm hearted, that caring and, and that you know solid in their faith, you know, the encouraging part is like, okay, now, now you get to go to heaven, uh, and, and kind of, you know, that's the whole reason why you live. The right way on earth, so you can have, uh, you know, everlasting life and eternity.
1: This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. I'm Angel DiCarlo. We're talking right now with Mark Herzlick, former All American from Boston College, about his relationship with Sister Barbara Ann Hallman of the Franciscan Sisters from Mishawaka. How much do you think she'd be loving this football season right now for Notre Dame?
0: Oh, boy, she would (laughs) like it a lot. Um, (laughs) Man, I think she would love it. I think she would be really pumped in the beginning, just the announcement of the coming to the ACC. Uh, I think she would be excited about that, Um, just because you get to play some of the teams that you you get really good competition, get a little bit more structured your schedule. I think that she would be really happy with, uh, especially last week. That was a big, big, big win over Clemson.
1: No question about that. But now comes Boston College, and we all know what happened in 1993. I'm curious... Did as a player, when you're playing there, does everybody know about ninety three? When you when you're a player, does does the the lore of what happened in ninety three taking down their name after they beat number one Florida State, is that like a known thing amongst the players
0: in the program? I think it is. Yeah, you know, there's banners hanging around the stadium. You know, there's a banner that says ninety three in terms of big wins. Funny, when I played, we we had beat them seven straight times. Right. So like we were used to beating Notre Dame, like that was just kind of okay. Like, it, we knew it was going to be a big game, a big rival, but we knew we could beat them. Um, and so definitely different now, but you know, interestingly, it's also the red bandana game at Boston College, which honors Wells Crowther, who uh, you lost his life in 9 11 rescuing people from uh, the second tower. And just, I mean, the way that Boston College gets up for that game this is gonna be a really good matchup. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I think that Notre Dame probably played their best football last week. They have fantastic defensive front. I mean, book played really well. It's funny. I, I actually, gonna <laughs> be popular for your listeners, but I, I'm picking Boston college in this one, mainly because of the fact that, you know, Bill Kovac transfer from Notre Dame. I mean, so many connections in this game. He's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, Notre Dame's coming off a big, big win. And, uh, it's the red bandana game, so anything can happen, but it's going to be a fun one to watch.
1: I fully expected the BC guy to pick BC because you have enough reasons to, to pick him, <laughs> so it's it's understandable. Uh, let me ask you about a specific Notre Dame player being a former All-American linebacker. What are your thoughts on Jeremiah Wusu Karmoa?
0: He's the real deal. He's good. And, and I think the... So he plays the same position I played when I was at BC, kind of that... Uh, they call it a rover um, or you know, Nickelback kind of thing, but it's basically the walkout linebacker. Um And he's fast. He is physical. I mean, he will knock your helmet off. Um, Really intelligent player. I mean, I just, I love watching him play. And I think it's interesting. You know, he's definitely the best of the crew, but all three of those linebackers with drew white and Shane Simon. I mean, they are really good, really well coached. Uh, and to me, you know, I know Kyron Williams is really good. I, I, I know the offensive line is really good, but those three are the strength of this entire Notre Dame team.
1: Circling this back to Sister Barbara Ann, no question, she'd probably be picking Notre Dame in this one.
0: Oh yeah. I mean she's <laughs> she's 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 a smart lady, uh, and probably smarter <laughs> than me. So she she would have probably picked Notre Dame.
1: Mark, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to join us and kind of reflecting back uh, on your great history with Sister Barbara Ann, just a wonderful uh, woman and and nun here from the area that passed away in February. Uh, Thanks again for for taking the time.
0: Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much.
1: Mark Herzlick from the ACN, former Boston College All-American. Great reflections about Sister
2: Barbara Ann Hallman. May she rest in peace. Uh, Your thoughts on what he had to say? I just think it's neat to to follow the story years and years uh, later. And then I was really struck just by the, uh, the power of prayer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I Powerful. just,
1: I just love that in her dying days, she's like, I want to talk to Mark one more time. Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. I remember, uh, interviewing her quite a few times over the years. She's a special lady. I had her on post game after a game one time, she's sitting there breaking down the game with me. I'm like, <laughs> this is really cool. <laughs> so she's a, she's a great lady. And, uh, again, uh, What a wonderful life she's lived. All right, coming up is our game day sprint. What worries us today and our predictions? That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
0: Are you feeling sandwiched between caring for aging parents while still raising children? If so, join me, Chris Godfrey, every Monday afternoon at 1230 for my new show, The Sandwich Generation. Every week I'll have conversations with experts and friends on this important calling. Being sandwiched is a great opportunity for growing in our friendship with God. So tune in for good advice and inspiration every Monday afternoon at 1230 or listen anytime at RedeemerRadio.com sandwich.
5: All right, welcome back on Notre Dame Federal
1: Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you. Notre Dame Boston College, three thirty kickoff on ABC. The Irish 7-0, 6-0 coming off that big win over Clemson a week ago in double overtime over the number one ranked team in the country. The Irish now ranked second in the country. Boston College lost to Clemson two weeks ago, 34-28. They beat Syracuse 16-13. That's not very impressive. Boston College now 5-3 overall, 4-3. Um, in the ACC, Jeff Hatley in his first year as the B.C. coach, former defense coordinator at Ohio State. But really, Kevin, his defense is probably is – they're not at the level that he's going to eventually have them at. That's still a work in progress. Yeah, on year it. one. I think, I think Notre Dame's offense should be able to, and they'll need to be able to, exploit this B.C. defense today.
2: Well, and he – he also had a lot of experience in the NFL as a secondary coach, so he's going to be able to do some cool um, X and O things, mixing up coverage. But, again, it's pretty big order with the personnel that he has against this Notre Dame offense.
1: All right, and we talked a lot about Phil Dracovic, but he's got a lot of nice weapons over there for, for Boston College in
2: in Zay Flowers and, and Hunter Long. Yeah, the tight end Hunter Long's really good. And, again, Flowers <laughs> – with 38 catches in eight games, 600 yards, six touchdowns—that's pretty good. Yeah, and, and Long's got 43 catches and 501 yards, and he's
1: you know one of the top receiving tight ends in the country. So um, those are definitely two guys they're going to have to uh, zero in on. All right, if you're Jeff Hatley, what worries you most in this game? Um, I think
2: being defensive-minded coach uh, with his background, I would be worried about stopping the Notre Dame uh, run game. Again, with Williams and that great offensive line. They do have two linebackers, 55 McDuffie and uh, 14 Richardson. Those guys have over 70 tackles apiece, but it's going to be a rough physical day. Yeah, that is a lot of
1: tackles. <laughs> I mean, Richardson's got eight tackles for loss, and McDuffie's got six and a half tackles for loss, and they each got three sacks. So, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty decent numbers. I, I I crap on their defense there a little bit, but I mean, that's pretty decent to, to say so to speak. All right, if you're Brian
2: Kelly, what worries you most? Um, I would say just the obvious kind of the the letdown game after um the Clemson game, a slow start. Uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Yeah, I, I think it's got to be the letdown. I think it's
1: that classic. I think he's worries about. I think if I'm him, I'm you can't worry about it this way. But I think you're worried about. Oh my gosh, if you beat
2: Clemson and then you lose to Boston College, can you imagine? <laughs> Well, on this team, they got to get off to a fast start because they yes. when they have had close games that they shouldn't, it's because they had a really slow first quarter, first half. All right, what's your prediction? Uh, I think Notre Dame wins uh, 42-14. Wow, so you don't think I'm it'll going be big? Close. I think it'll be close, but uh, I don't know. I believe Notre Dame's a much better team. All right, I think, it, I think it's not going to be a fast start, and I mm.
1: think it'll be one of those— Uh, People are flipping out type of games, and then Notre Dame pulls away, and it's fine. I did not pick Notre Dame to win last week, uh, so I was wrong. See, you hear that? I was wrong, Yeah. and uh, I will pick Notre Dame to win this week. Uh, Cover the spread. I got Notre Dame 34, Boston College 17, so um, that'll do it for our show for this week. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, as always, Ilya Glasman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. 3.30 kickoff for Notre Dame and Boston College in the final game before the Irish go on the bye. You can watch the game on ABC, and of course, we'll be back with you next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Redeemer Radio for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our show the same way the Irish traditionally close their pregame in prayer.
0: Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. Participating in sports at our area Catholic schools develops important character traits and lifelong values in children. Through an endowment with the Catholic Community Foundation of Northeast Indiana, you can keep programs like these alive. If you're interested in creating a fund or would like professional planned giving services so you can leave a legacy for future generations, call the Catholic Community Foundation today at 260-399-1436.
6: Looking for a fresh way to start your day? Need a little pick-me-up for your faith in the morning? We've got you covered with The Daily Refill. Join me, Andrea Serrani weekday mornings from 7 to 8 for the best Catholic podcast, stories of faith from around the world and right here in our own community, plus some fun and games to help us start our days with faith and joy. Tune in weekdays at 7 for The Daily Refill on Redeemer Radio and in the Redeemer Radio app.